Welcome to Lesson Impossible, an exploration of educational innovation. I'm your host, Aviva Levin. As always, I'm chatting with educators of all types who are on the forefront of pedagogy are making effective changes to old practices. Your bonus lesson, should you choose to accept it, is to consider whether a problematic book still deserves space in a school library and whether the same rules apply in the classroom. The special agent assigned to help you with this task is Rebecca Rubio, Coordinator for Libraries and Information Services in the Richmond School District. Which books should young people be allowed to read? And who gets to decide? Every year, librarians in public libraries and schools choose which books are welcomed onto their shelves and which books are weeded out. Sometimes, those choices are challenged. According to the Office for Intellectual Freedom of the American Library Association, patrons and parents made up 66% of those making a challenge, with students themselves only coming in at 3%. Unsurprisingly, the books that are eventually censored or banned are those that discuss issues of gender and sexuality, make references to drugs or sex, and or have main characters from non-white, middle-class backgrounds. Most listeners will bristle at the fact that Two Boys Kissing by David Leviton was one of the most frequently banned books of recent years, and feel outraged that LGBTQ students have been denied representation in their local library. Censorship, of course, always has a flip side, as the librarians who have been proudly defending The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, another amazing but frequently banned book, may feel slightly more reluctant to defend the removal of the Skippy John Jones series, which has been accused of encouraging young children to make fun of Mexican culture. That is why I felt that last week's episode needed a bonus episode, as I found Rebecca Rubio's answer to my questions about whether or not a book should be available in a school library to be incredibly satisfying. As we learned last week, Rebecca is the head librarian of her district, supporting all elementary and secondary teacher librarians and curating resources for the District Resource Center. This particular topic of conversation came up after discussing the importance of weeding out books, which you can listen to in episode 9 at the 15-minute mark. I imagine that there's also books where there's a fine line about whether it has a place or not. My first thought goes towards Twilight, and I wouldn't ever want to censor that, but I I have engaged, especially when it was very popular, in a lot of conversations with my students around how relationships and gender roles were being portrayed and what they want to take from, from reading it. Like, they can enjoy it, but I also want them to have the skills to examine it critically. So there's two parts to that, and I, and as I can speak as an English teacher and as a librarian because I think they're actually two different roles. So when I'm in my classroom and I am selecting books for my students to read, I am using a very different set of criteria because I'm actually putting books in students' hands. So whether we're doing a class novel, which I probably wouldn't do anymore, but if we were doing lit circles, so where students are having a choice from a curated list of books, I'm very thoughtfully picking them because I know that I'm sending my students home with this and this is going to be required reading. In that case, I am cross-checking those. And and here in in BC, we have our Educational Resource Acquisition Consortium, which actually evaluates books and, and allows us to have a good understanding of what's involved in them. 
I'm very careful about what I intentionally put in the hands of my students because I'm, I'm guiding a little bit their conversations and our understandings and our deeper learnings with literature. When I'm in the library, it's a very different game. In the library, my goal is to provide a broad range of resources for students to engage in purely for pleasure. And so something like Twilight is one of those that absolutely belongs in a library, but would never be in my classroom as something to teach. We allow parents in our district and, and teachers and students to challenge any of the resources that are in our libraries um, or in our classrooms. And the rules are a little bit different in a library. But by and large, if a book in a library is uh, free of bias, free of hate, does not actively misrepresent a group, if it's age appropriate, those things would mean that we would put it in our library. In our classrooms, we would have other lenses to look through. Does it directly relink to curriculum and so on? And so we have very clear guidelines for resource acquisition for the classroom teacher as well as for the librarian, but there's certainly a lot more room because in a library, a student can choose or not choose a book, but in a classroom, they often have a, a limited range of choice. Censorship is always very, very tricky, and parents can come in and challenge books, and they should have that right to say this is perhaps inappropriate or not suited to, to, to the beliefs of our family. In a library, we can say your child doesn't have to read it. In a classroom, it's different. So if I'm a parent and I come in mm-hmm. and I say, okay, my child just read uh, 100 Years of Solitude. Mm-hmm. And I understand... One of my favorites, yeah. by the way. Mine too. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> um, but man, is there a lot of incest in there? Yep. Uh, and I don't think that's appropriate for a public school. Mm-hmm. Would your line to me be, well, your child didn't have to read it? Or like, how would how would our conversation go? So you would actually, if you were actually submitting a formal challenge, there's a whole process that you'd have to go through. And you would actually have to go through the criteria for selecting a resource. And if it had been taught in class, I mean, personally, I think it would still be appropriate as a classroom book. It's, it's, it's a classic that is has a deep literary merit. And I would assume that the instruction would address those issues thoughtfully and carefully. In a library, absolutely fair game. It's it's a book that has, and we always have to balance the, the merit versus the challenge. So, for example, to say that a book like 100 Years of Solitude should be taken out because it has incest in it and to to dismiss the, the, the depth of writing, um, the literary merit, the story, the, all of the cultural pieces... I think that we would be left with nothing in our libraries because there's nothing in our libraries that doesn't challenge you. And actually, I used to always say to my students, and I still say now, is if what you're reading doesn't challenge you, then you really should put it down. Because everything I think that we read should challenge us, should push us a little bit and should ask us to question. And if everything you're always reading fits perfectly and beautifully within your very contained belief system, I wonder how much your reading is pushing you to grow and to be critical. And so in a book like that, I would be wanting to have some conversations around with my students around being critical consumers of information. But at least in our district, parents are always welcome to, to challenge a book. And we hope it, it's resolved in conversations like this one, where we balance the merit versus whatever it is that the challenge. Now, had that book been explicitly racist, explicitly misrepresenting Indigenous peoples, explicitly misogynistic, 
or hateful, we would say, you know what? No, we don't want that in our libraries. And so we would be really careful to, to, to take that out. Yeah. If you're interested in what Rebecca Rubio has to say about 21st century libraries, check out last week's episode where we discussed so much more. You can also follow her on Twitter at Rebecca Rubio with one C and the O is a zero. If you're interested in learning more about book censorship, check the links provided in the episode description or at lessonimpossible.com. You can also mark your calendars in 2020 for Canadian Freedom to Read Week from February 23rd to 29th or the American Banned Books Week from September 27th to October 3rd. This has been Lesson Impossible, and I was your host, Aviva Levin.